2: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. After 3 o'clock, Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where you can get in the game and uh, also maybe uh, get some luck on your side as Tonight, $10 million up for grabs in the Lotto Max. Get your tickets at playalberta.ca. Uh, you can always text us at 10 Email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, Gregor, at tsn1260.ca. Also, where you can text us there, uh, help me understand. We'll get to that in about uh, uh, 35 minutes. Some interesting questions we want to get to uh, today. But first, we uh, welcome to the uh, program, former NHL defenseman,
1: Jason Strudwick. Good afternoon. Greg's busy day on the show today, buddy. Uh, Connor's already loaded this thing up. Lots
2: going on. I like it. Yeah. Well, we'll have uh, Derek Ryan next hour. Also, uh, your former teammate, Ryan Huska, joining us, uh, the new head coach of the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, Derek Ryan's signing seems like it's, uh, you know, pretty low risk from an owner perspective. I know some people are like, ah, what about the second year? Well, the second year is a little reward for a veteran player. And and honestly, with with the uh, the rules regarding the cap hit, and he'll be well below the threshold. Like Devon Shore last year, if he ends up being your thirteenth forward, you know doesn't play a ton, fills in when there's injuries, and maybe even gets sent to the minors, it doesn't hurt you.
1: Yeah, you know he's he's been a really good soldier for this team. He's a good role model for the younger players. Um, you know he's spoken about on this show how he's worked with Kyler Yadimoto. Now I don't know what's going to happen with Kyler in the off season, but um, you know Derek Rines is a good pro. And he, he contributes on the ice, right? This is a, a guy that you can count on. And now at this cap number, uh, that's a pretty decent reduction on what he was making before. Now he is a little bit older. But, I mean, 13 goals, nothing to sneeze at. And he's a really smart player, right? He, he can kind of move around the lineup a little bit. So I, I see this as very low risk for the Oilers. And I see this as security for Derek Ryan, who's, you know, nearing the end of his career. You know, to get a two-year... Uh, contract at his age—that's a pretty good thing, especially when you weren't a superstar. Uh, you know, coming coming off of that kind of superstar ride and down. Um, I, I think this is really good. I think I honestly think everybody wins. And then you know, who, who knows what happens post career, uh, playing career, I should say, for Derek Ryan. Smart guy. Uh, would he want to get into sports? I, I don't know. Or into hockey? I'm not sure. But um, smart guy. And I think this is a really nice ad for for every like it's pretty rare we say everybody wins, but this one truly is a situation where everybody wins. What do you think of Laviolette? (laughs) Yeah, he's, uh, it's an itch Oh man. I don't know. You know what? I've been kicking this around. Um, I feel like this, I don't know if he's the best solution. Like I think he's, he's, he's obviously had some success where he's gone, Um, but I'm looking at that group there. You know, is he the, the right guy to, to, to work with the younger players and the older players and kind of get everyone on the same page playing the way they need to? Um, it's, 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 he's been in the hopper before. He's done it before. He's, you know, is he an upgrade on Gerard Gallant? I mean, for whatever reason, Gerard Gallant keeps getting jobs and leaving before things kind of get going. So I, I'll be very interested to see how this goes with Peter Laviolette there. I, I guess I say I'm lukewarm on the idea, Gregs. What about you?
2: I think they missed the boat on not hiring Chris Knobloch. Um, you know what, uh, Laviolette is. Uh, you know what, he's he's a respected coach. There, there's no doubt about it. I'm like, but you, you've kind of you you know what you're going to get. So to me, it just seems like a, a safe hire uh, more than anything else. And you know what, since now I know he took the Preds to the finals in 2017, but you know, he's gotten then the next year they were in the second round. But in the, in the last five years, he hasn't got out of the first round. So I I don't there, nothing that wows me um about uh, what he did in Washington and uh, definitely the last few years in Nashville. So like they had a great run when they finished 8th and then you know went all the way to the to the Stanley Cup final. Awesome and you know it's it's a long year from winning the championship in in Carolina and I know people are like yeah, he's lost in the final. Sure. You know, so they had a Cinderella run in Nashville, and then they had a Chris Pronger, you know, kind of Cinderella one where they got in on the last day of the regular season. So I don't know. I I just think it's a little bit of they just like to recycle the same coaches.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to say it's a safe hire. Like I think he has a ton of experience. Right? He's been around and he's coached for many many years. And actually, I played against him when he was in the minors in Providence. So uh, not that it really matters, but he's from he's you know he's from out east. Uh, I'm sure there's some 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 mixing between him and uh, Chris Jury. There's a, a familiarity there. Um, I just I, – I is it right? It's, it's not really creative, I don't think. Like, he was there and you took him. Okay, that's great. Let's move on. Chris Roblox, an interesting one, Greg. That is – I know he's been coaching. Uh, he was a coach, I think, in uh, the Wolfpack, the HL team. And, you know, that would be a pretty big boost to, to, to put that guy in there. And I – I, I think at some point he probably gets his chance. Um, but, you know, not a ton of NHL experience really anywhere. You know, And just to compare him to Jay Woodcroft, Jay had a lot of time in the NHL. Now he's in the head coach, but he's around it a lot. Uh, Chris hasn't been there quite as much uh, in there. But I I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's a bad hire for the Rangers and LaViolette, but I, I just, I don't know, it just feels like it's the safe hire, right? And maybe they want a steady hand on that on that wheel to try to work with some of these younger players. Like, I, I don't know if their lineup is going to look exactly the same next year, but, you know, how do you get the most out of Lafreniere and Kako and all these guys that are that are there that, and then kind of try to get Panarin up and running, you know, maybe a little higher level and uh, still work with some of those younger D men because other than Trubo, it's a pretty young D core back there. Um, so, I don't know. They've got a good goaltending. I, I don't know. It, it feels safe. It just, I'd, I'd say my answer is safe. Safe answer. Yes.
2: Um I don't like it. I uh I I think a team when they hire Chris Knoblock, you watch, is gonna he's gonna have some success uh with the team he goes to. Um the Denver Nuggets last night, kind of an old school late eighties, nineties low scoring game uh between the two of them. It came down to the wire and and Denver got it done uh as we expected. Um Yoki uh, Mr. Jokic might have been the most subdued celebrator I have seen in a championship. <laughs> He's just very calm. Like when he grabbed, they showed. <laughs> when he, I don't think he drinks, and so when you saw him with the champagne bottle, like he did, like two shakes. I'm good. It was so funny.
1: Well, right, right after the game, I don't know if you saw Gracie interviewed. They're like, "How do you feel?" He's like, uh, "I'm good. Uh, the job is done, so now we can go home." That's what he yeah. said. Like, I know. And and right away he goes and grabs his little girl, which was really cute. And you know, there's you got Jamal Murray on there. He's holding the trophy and he's crying. You know, everyone else is dancing around. And where's Jokic? He's behind everyone. Like he was, I think he was literally behind the security guards on the platform. He was so far back, not involved. And then uh, they they call someone must have said, "Hey, you're gonna get the MVP." Carries his little girl up, puts her on the table, and uh, Kate, thank you, takes it, great, and then hands it back, and that's it. Goes to the back again. Uh, so when they took the team picture, they had – it was uh, the coach and Jamal. The coach was holding the uh, the MVP trophy. Jamal was sitting with the trophy in his hand. Everyone was around him. And Jokic was like in the far back. Like It was like the, the – like the, 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 like, the, the crazy uh, ace that's just way back there, not even involved holding his daughter. Like, it, he is just like, for him, it's like, okay, I'm good. Like, uh, can we, are we done? I think we're done. Let's just, we won? Okay, let's just go home. Like, man, was I've, I've never, because you think about the guys, like, you know, LeBron crying on the floor, Kobe crying, uh, Jordan balding. Like, all those guys are so emotional. And, and I'm not I'm not making fun of those guys. But then you get Jokic, who is arguably the best performer maybe ever in the, in the finals. And he's just like, is that it? Is that, that's four? Okay, like he was just, he just wants to go home and run his horses around, it feels like. Well,
2: what was interesting is if you saw his postgame at the podium, and he talked about, hey, you know what, like, I'm excited, but there's more things in life. And it was interesting because you hear some of these – some people just get focused and that's all their life is, basketball, basketball, basketball. And I think Jokic is one where he can say, hey, I can be good at basketball, but it's not everything. You can be – you can love something, you can be super passionate about it, but you can still have other interests. And that, and because you have other interests doesn't mean you still can't excel at what you're super passionate about. Um and uh, it was just it was you know it was very interesting i I thought it was it, it was a welcome change hes a, he's a very relaxed guy that's pretty obvious now we saw him getting fired up in the game, so it 's not that he's not emotional but I, I think winning matters to him. But he has other things in his life that matter just as much. And, and that's a really good reminder because I think sometimes people get caught up in your whole identity as sports. Like all I am is a hockey player and all I am is a baseball player. And some people are like all I am is a doctor or all I am is in pre-med, according to struts. So, you know, it kind of depends. And I, I thought that was a really good lesson for some people that you can, you know what? You can excel at something, but
1: it doesn't have to engross every waking moment of your life. Yeah, I'll disagree with you a little bit there, Grace. You work your whole life to win a championship, and you finally get it, and it looked like you, you weren't into it. Like, in that moment, I think – like, you don't have to carry on and do a cake stance like we saw Ovi do, you know, a, a week after. Like, I get it. But, I mean, just think about that moment. You, you, what is he? He's Is he 30? He's almost 30, drafted in 2014. I mean, all those times when you saw those things where he posted, does anyone want to play one-on-one, like – for you, I think, like, in that moment, I think to release a little bit of joy, I think it'd be understandable. It doesn't mean you no know, other thing. Well, he did ice, release like, joy.
2: Did you see him with his family? He just didn't
1: release joy at the podium. What? He released he, lots uh, of joy with his family. Well, he kissed them and how, his brothers. I mean, those guys are huge guys. His brothers were throwing the coach up and down like they, yeah, they always Yeah, but they're always waiting.
2: Have you ever seen his <laughs> brothers, dude? Like, they're the ones trying to fight the fans on the other team sometimes. Like, his two brothers are way more
1: outwardly emotional than he is, which is maybe why he's, you know, he's just more composed. I just, I guess it would have been, I mean, I'm not, I have no problem with him not doing it, but it just, I think in that moment you're you're allowed the joy because it just, It. I couldn't imagine to, to work that hard to get to that level and do it. You know, I think Jamal was very honest. Like when, when they asked him the question about, you know, the last couple of years, what it feels like coming back, and he just started crying. Like, you know, because there, there was an article I read, or, uh, and they talked about that he, when he hurt himself the first time, uh, the Co- Malone went and talked to him, and he said, "You know, you're going to trade me now because I'm hurt." And he's like, "No, no, you're my guy." And he was bawling, and like, it's pretty emotional, right? Like, it's a, it's, it's a tough journey to win a championship at that level. Uh, so yeah, so listen, he can do it. He can celebrate whatever he wants. But I, I don't think it would have been bad if he would have been more emotional.
2: Ah, uh, well, I'm not gonna. I, I can't rip a guy because he didn't act how I wanted. I just liked, he did what was true to himself. And, uh, and I can respect that. So, um, you know, guys like Murray was very emotional. Good for him. I had, you know, very different. It was fine. Like, Jokic, he wins. He doesn't, you know, what's first thing he does is, you know, he shakes all the Miami guys' hands and, you know, then he, and you saw, the minute he's done shaking his hands, you know, he bent over and let the emotion take him. But his first thing was, hey, I want to, uh, th- you know, give those guys a handshake. Different way to go about it, not better or worse, just different. And uh, I appreciated him his his answers were so funny. Like he's talking, you know, even now he says, uh oh, you know, everybody says they love their job, but they're lying." <laughs> like it was so, oh, it's funny. um <laughs> But man, he was he's just a he's such a good player, and like it's oh. it's hard to stop him when he gets the ball inside. How he can pass and and rebound, and and when he shoots get like, what did he make his first four shots now he didn't shoot a lot in the in the first half, but every time he shot he made it
1: yeah he he was he was really good, you know and jimmy Jimmy buckets couldn't seem to get on track to the last you know two three minutes oh well, yeah, that, then he was on fire it, it to me it looked like you know, and, and I think they mentioned in the broadcast, both teams looked tired like I thought. There wasn't a lot of speed to the game, and it looked kind of like a just two drunk guys just fighting in the parking lot, right? Like just kind of slow and sluggish, and not a lot of movement. Um, so maybe they were running out of juice. And at the end, you know, the, 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 the deeper team uh, with the you know, two better players obviously got it done. Um, but when Jokic decides he wants to take the ball the hoop, like he's just elbows and knees just flying all over the place. He's fun. He's fun to watch. He's a fun guy to watch. Now, for them, they talked a bit on the podium. Can they go back out and do it again? You know, it's it's a long grind, but it seems like they have enough depth. They might be able to say take another run at it. Oh no, they'll
2: be they should be a contender next year if they stay healthy. I don't, I don't think there's any question uh, about that. Like they dominated sixteen and four. Like they were never really in any sort of danger in any of their series. They uh, that's a pretty dominant run for them. Three sixteen. I'm at the sports Leader, TSN twelve sixty. Take a quick break. Uh, when we return, Dave McCarthy joins us next on the Gregor show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Three twenty-three Amazon Sports T S N twelve sixty. Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, Connor Halley. Lovely Tuesday to where the Stanley Cup could be awarded tonight in Vegas. And I know order fans, you're not going to like it. And that's okay. You got a new rival in town. Nothing wrong with that. Rivalries are what makes it better. For me anyway. I think for a lot of fans. Trust me. Order fans can't wait for someone to take a shot at Petrangelo next year. It's great. Hey, you have that game in November suddenly against Vegas. It'll mean a little bit more. It's kind of nice. You have a few more of those. I think it's uh, it's just what makes it better. Much better. Let's get to our uh, playoff report now. Brought to you by Tenacor, from fire hydrants to custom-fabricated items, pumps and hoses, and call the team at Tenacor for all your industrial fire protection equipment needs. Go to Tenacor with two N's, dot com. Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM joins us. And uh, Dave, it just seems like it's only a matter of time before the Vegas Knights, Golden Knights, are going to uh, hoist the Stanley Cup. I think it's going to be tonight. They've just they've got too much depth. Uh, Kachuk is a game-time decision. Even if he plays, I think he's playing with one arm. Right now, God love them, but um, I I just don't see how Florida is going to extend this. Do you?
0: No, I I really don't. You look at really all four games so far in the Stanley Cup final, and I think um, each time Vegas has been, by and large, the better team, and I think that includes the game that uh, Florida won. Um, they got heroics late in that game on a tying goal with a bit of a fortunate bounce to Kachuk in front of the net, and he put it in, and then they got an OT winner. But 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 for most of that game, I was operating under the mindset that Florida didn't even have a chance to come back in this game. They weren't getting much toward Aiden Hill. They weren't challenging him much at all in the third period. I think they only had four shots in the third up until Kachuk's goal in game three and then in game four they were up three nothing and then florida got a couple to to make it a one goal game but really you're chasing the game from that point and the last two games in vegas games one and two it was complete dominance um in all facets of the game so i i haven't seen florida play a game yet in the cup final where you're like okay that's that's panthers hockey like they were the better team in that game and And Vegas was chasing it. I I haven't seen that yet, and I just don't see at this point with the number of guys that that do look like they're injured and and significantly so, I don't see how Florida summons anything else to, to claw back into this series.
1: Yeah, I love the way you're at there. What about uh, on the other side, Golden Knights? A huge moment. I can only imagine waking up this morning thinking we could win the Stanley Cup tonight. You know, what have you seen enough from these guys to 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 make you believe that it's just it's, the moment won't be too big in this in this first crack at winning a Stanley Cup as a group?
0: Yeah, I have. I think uh, Exhibit A is Game Six in the third round against the Dallas Stars, where you know it looked like okay. Dallas is chipping away here. Could they could they claw back into this series? Could they force a game seven after a, a couple of pretty good outings when they were down uh, down three love in that series, and then Vegas just came out in game six and said, "Okay, none of this enough. Let's let's not be stupid here," and and they dug in and it was really game over from from the word go. So um, that to me was uh, the sign of a of a mature team that was able to put the pressure because like going into that game six, right? All the pressure was theoretically on Vegas. You've 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 given up two now, suddenly you're back in Dallas's barn, um, you lose again, it forced a game seven and then like, holy cow, you're rolling the dice. But it never even came close to getting to that point. That they took control of that game um when they when they knew what was on the line. So I expect a similar effort from Vegas tonight. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of mature players on this team, led by Mark Stone, that you know, and Alex Petrangelo, who's obviously been there, done that in the past with St. Louis, that understand the opportunity before them here, and I would be surprised if they came out with a subpar effort tonight.
2: Dave McCarthy from uh, SiriusXM joins us. Dave, who do you think's winning the Conn Smythe?
0: Oh, man, that's tough. I, I think there's a, a number of guys that you could you could look to for Vegas. I think Jack Eichel's in the conversation. I think that William Carlson could be in the conversation. Aiden Hill, maybe. But uh, there's guys ahead of him on my list. To me, though, Jonathan Marchessault is the guy that I'd give the cons to. Um, from a, a goal standpoint, that's the toughest thing to do. And he uh, is doing it better than most. In in the Stanley Cup playoffs, he scores timely goals. Uh, I think he's on a nine or a ten game point streak right now, which means every single night he is uh, he is delivering. Um, that's what I want out of out of a guy that's going to win the Conn Smythe. I need you to be productive. I need you to be an every night guy. Um, I need you to score timely goals. That's what Jonathan Marsh and so has done in my eyes. So. Um, uh, if I had to pick, that's that's where my vote would go.
1: What kind of uh, action has he built up for himself by playing so well for Aiden Hill this uh, playoffs?
0: That's a tough one, right? Because like, there's really no body of work in the regular season. They're very limited um, in the regular season for Aiden Hill. He's he's 27, going to be 28 years of age. Um but he's never gonna be in a better position to 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 command a contract than he will be this off season, especially if he leads Vegas to a Stanley Cup. Like the the attributes are there, right? Like he's a big guy positionally, he's pretty sound. He's kind of a new age goalie. He's not scrambly. Um he's he's really calm in the net. But I do wonder, um, you know, at this point in his career, uh, the fact that he has played as well as he has, if he's a bit of a product of, of Vegas' system and, and how they're playing in front of him, that, that big rangy blue line, I think we talked about it last week, Strutty, um, that, that Vegas has, um, they're not getting enough credit how well they're playing in front of him. I mean, they're getting credit, but like they deserve a ton of credit for how well they're playing in front of him and Aiden Hill isn't really needing to, to make a lot of spectacular stops. They're basically just asking him, stop the ones that y- you need to stop, um, and if you do that, we'll be fine. And, and by and large, that's what he's, what he's done. So, like, if you're, if you're another team, I don't think you can get too too enamored with what you've seen and get carried away and get into a bidding war. Um, at this point, even though the temptation may be there, like you wonder, does somebody get cra- like I don't know? Is, is Jack Campbell a reasonable example, um, reasonable comparison to to Aiden Hill? He, I mean, he played a little bit more in the regular season, right? But but at the point in his career that he he was at, he hadn't hadn't really played all that much in the regular year until until coming to Toronto. And then, you know, he, he played pretty well in the regular season when he got an opportunity to take over from Freddie Anderson. And then uh, last year, prior to coming to Edmonton on that, that big deal, which I'm, I know I don't have to, to, to break down in your neck of the woods, um, you know, he was really good in the first half of the year. And then in the second half, not that great. Not that great. Um, and In the playoffs, he was, he was, he was good enough. Um, they didn't lose the Leafs to Tampa last year in the first round because of Jack. But then he got that, that big deal. And this year, what we've seen is it it didn't work out quite as well, obviously, as, as everybody would have hoped. So, you know, is, is Aiden Hill similar to that? Maybe. To me, I think if, if you're Vegas, um, and I, I know they like Logan Thompson a lot still as well, you know, do you want to try to get him back under contract for three years at three three and a half is someone willing to offer more maybe if so i mean he's got to take it um but i'd be cautious of of getting anywhere near like the five year range at like four that that might be too much to me
2: now, i wonder if people look at Ville Jusso and say hey look mm-hmm. at this guy he didn't even do it in the playoffs and he got the uh, the contract that he had. So um, you know, teams, the thing about goaltending is Aiden Hill's probably proven that you don't know when it's going to show up, and obviously the uh, system in front can can play a factor in in how well you play. I don't think there's any debate on that. So uh, to me, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the teams evaluate him and say, okay, is this guy now ready? Uh, we've had Kevin Woodley on, and he said, hey, if you're in a system where you don't give up a, you know, if you're expecting him to, to beat him on rebounds, that's Aiden Hill's Hill strength. But, you know what, there's other ways to beat him. And if you're, Vegas is a perfect situation for him in what they do defensively. So, we'll see. What about uh, Peter Laviolette? He's got a pretty good goaltender. He's got, a, you know, an all-star top defenseman in Fox. they got lots of players. But uh, I think they're a team that underachieved. I don't really love this hire, Dave. It seems like kind of being there, done that. Where do you come out?
0: I'm not surprised. I really didn't see the Rangers going with, with a younger coach, a first time coach. Um, I, I did expect them to go with somebody of, of experience because they're in a win now position. And like what you've seen out of Peter Laviolette, you, you have an idea of what he's all about. And what his what his, what his his resume suggests is that he doesn't have prolonged success as a head coach, but he has had a number of different examples where he's come into a team, taken it over, and within uh, a year or two or even that very season, they've had immediate success. And that's what the Rangers are looking for because they're in a window right now where, to me, it's, even though they just kind of went through a quasi rebuild so to speak right that letter that came out to the season ticket holders which you know still feels like yesterday but i think it was in uh, it was in the winter of, of 2018 might have been 2019 um but, but the core that they built they're all in their their 30s right so like generally speaking nowadays in the league you don't win with with a core uh, built around guys that are in their early to mid-30s. So it's it's like now for the Rangers. It's the next year or two or maybe three, but after that, then you start to run the risk of turning into Washington, where, like, okay, the names look nice, but only because we've seen what they could do 10 years ago, and they're not that guy anymore. So I think they're looking for a guy that can get an immediate spark out of that group. I thought there was significant underperformance in the playoffs um, but the roster that they have in place is I think the one that they are either going to win with or not like it's too late now I think to radically change the, the look of that team before you have to totally overhaul it um, so I think you're looking for a coach that can try to get more out of the group than Gerard did did and, and maybe get a little bit more out of some of the younger guys that they have that that kind of stalled in their progress over the last couple of years. And Lafreniere and Capocacco, um and Philippe Hiedel, maybe to an extent, if you can get a bit more out of those guys, um, you know, then maybe you're in a bit better of a position. I think they've got pieces there. I was, I was really disappointed how they played in the playoffs. I, I was expecting much better from them. Um, so to me, uh, you go in next year, I still have high expectations and you, you wonder now if a new set of experienced eyes can get more out of it. So I'm not surprised. Um, I think uh, the, the deal that he got was three years, which to me is, is kind of what their window is right now. So, so to me, it kind of makes sense.
1: When you look at the Winnipeg Jets and their rebuild, if, if you're going to trade away Perlick Dubois, does, does that just fire right through, then it's all of a sudden Hellebuck, Wheeler, Scheifele, all the way down? Or can you stop with like a, a half job?
0: Oh, well, I mean, you can do whatever you want as the GM, but if you've got players like Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, and like Connor Hellebuck who have expressed they are either not signing this offseason or will not be signing an extension beyond the current season... Your hands are tied to an extent, so you know I think Pierre luc Dubois has got three feet out the door i mean he he gone as they like to say in Chicago with the white sox um you you look at uh you look at Connor hellebuck, I don't think you can let him walk out the door for nothing like I really don't in the position that Winnipeg is because believe it or not. They're not, they're not all that high on, on a lot of guys' lists for destinations. So recruitment is an issue in Winnipeg. You can't let an asset like that walk out the door for nothing and just say, oh, we got the cap space back. That's an asset. Well, not as much for you as it is for the Los Angeles Kings, right? You need to get, you need to get young pieces under contract, controllable assets back. Um, so I think your hand is, is forced there. Um, and then at that point, look, Blake Wheeler's at the point in his career where, you know, he's not the guy that he was four or five years ago. When they went on that run, what was it, in, in 18, they lost to St. Louis. So, you know, I think it's it's in their interest to try to divest themselves of the final year of that contract. And then if you're Mark Shifley, you know, um, I would simply say to to Kevin Sheveldayoff, I would I would write a number on a piece of paper with term, and I would slide it across the table um, that I would be comfortable taking. And if he's willing to sign it, okay, I'll stay. But it would be a significant overpayment for what I would be willing, a same general manager should be willing to pay Mark Shifley. In other words, I, I don't think he'd get that number. And, and then at that point, then I think you have to move him on because I wouldn't really want to stay around if I'm last man standing, to be honest with you. Um, but if you're willing to overpay me to the extent that I can't not say yes, then okay, I'll hang around. But, you know, I think Winnipeg's in a really, really tight spot right now. I think there might be pain coming for uh, a few years once they, once they make some deals, accumulate some young assets. They have a few on hand, like the Cole Perfetti's and those type of guys that will have to develop and grow into some roles. But uh, I really uh, put it this way. If you're making me bet today, if Winnipeg's a playoff team next year, uh, I do not put much uh, money on on saying yes to that question.
2: Davey, great stuff as always, my man. Have yourself an awesome week. Uh, Will we be watching the Stanley Cup celebration tonight?
0: Yes, I think we will. I think we will.
2: I would agree with you. Have a good one, Dave. See you, fellas.
0: That's uh, Dave McCarthy
2: from Sirius XM. Quick break. We'll come back. We got uh, Struds on. We'll also get to uh, Help Me Understand. Then we got uh, Derek Ryan and Ryan Huska in the 4 o'clock hour in The Gregor Show, presented by Alberta That's you. 347 Edmonton, Sports Center TSN 1260. Jason Greger. Jason Stroda, Connor Halley. With you. Uh, would any of you, uh, Edmonton Kubota has a, a suite for the uh, the Riverhawks game tonight, uh, 12 tickets. Do you want them? They have uh, had an emergency, they can't make it, and uh, don't want to waste them. So if you're a huge baseball fan, send Connor a text at 10 12 um, 12 seats in the uh, Kubota suite for you tonight, free of charge. If you uh, want them, uh, maybe you got a baseball team, a group of you. 12 seats. Text Connor at uh, 10-12-60. Uh, let them know. Get your uh, email and your name. We can give you those seats. 3-47 uh, now. Let's get to uh, Strud's On. Brought to you by GS Construction. Proud partner of Edmonton. Uh, they love giving back and supporting uh, numerous different uh, charities. Uh, kids Sport. They love getting kids in the game. A uh, big sponsor uh, of Kids Sport. It's GS Construction.
0: The Jason Greger Show presents Strud's on Paper Straws.
1: I had to work so hard blowing and sucking to get that thing just to, you know, open up again. It was outrageous. Doing the dirty work. I was similar to Hagen that we we're both big guys, and I didn't ever mind getting pounded. I, I mean, I didn't love it, but... His pre-med education. I was in those courses. I don't know what would happen. Let's say I would have hurt myself and I couldn't play hockey. I could be your doctor right now, Gregor. Bend over. Cough. Turn your head. All that stuff. I'd have been right there. It's time for struds on. Hi hey. from the inside. So the, the, it's always an interesting conversation about when you're you're gonna bring um, a coach online that was already in your organization, and specifically an assistant coach. So Ryan Huska is the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. First time as a head coach, um, and you know what? You know, there's some there's some people saying, okay, well, he was already there. Was he part of the problem, or is he was he part of the solution, or whatever it is? And I this is what I believe. And when I look at this team, the Calgary Flames, I believe they underperformed last year. And you know, this isn't an indictment of Daryl Sutter, but I think. Daryl Sutter for that group of players didn't work. For some players, it worked. It wasn't working there yet, uh, last year. I went down there for one practice. I saw the practice. It it seemed like a very tough environment. To be fair, it was after a loss and it wasn't going the way they want. But it's a very it was a very tough environment to 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 function in. And maybe not everyone lives and works in that same area. So if the idea of say we're going to bring someone else or we can clear the whole everyone out, okay, that's fair, but just because you're there doesn't mean that you can't be part of the solution either. And so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Ryan Husker can do. I think that he brings uh, a different, uh, a more positive uh, more positive and fair view of how to work with players. Now, Daryl had his way, and it has worked. They, he's won Stanley Cup, so this, again, this is an indictment on him, but I think he'll bring a more positive and um, direct way. Of players understanding how they have to play, maybe a little more collaborative, which I think today's player is looking for um but he's ready he's ready for the shot, and the thing I like is that he, if I was Craig Conroy, he was in that room, he saw what went well, he saw what didn't went to did, did go as well. Very similar to Jay Woodcroft in some ways. Jay was in this organization. He went down to the minors. He knew a lot of players down there. And so he comes up and he's, you know, he was watching the games even though he's down the minors. He's very familiar with the team inside out. So you can come in and make your tweaks. Um, there are times I think we have to go out of the organization bring a fresh voice in. It's completely different. But I do believe that in the case of well, both Jay from Tippett and then uh, Daryl to Ryan Huska, very different approaches and very different ways of doing things. Um, so I'm very interested in how it works down in Calgary. But you know, for those out there saying I can never hire from the inside, I think in some cases you have to. Every situation's unique, Gregs. So I think this one is unique one um, that could pay off much like it did with uh, Jay here in, uh, in Edmonton.
2: Well, it's possible. I think it's a little different situation. Um, number one, uh, you know, he's, he's not coming in with the two best players, but he is coming in with the group that I would think is going to be very attentive, right? The players in Edmonton felt like they let down Dave Tippett. The players in Calgary, I think, are just happy to have Daryl Sutter gone. And, um, you know, I don't, I think Calgary's a good team. I don't think they're a great team. Uh, I, I'll be interested how, and we have Ryan Husker coming up here in, a, in about uh, a half an hour's time, so I'll be curious to see kind of, you know, he, He'll, he should know which guys didn't work under the buttons that Daryl Sutter pressed. Right? right? I think he had a front row seat to that, Strutty. So that, that's probably the one advantage he has. But the challenge you have is, and you've seen it, Struts, going from an assistant coach to the head coach in the same organization, it's hard, right? Because now Jay Woodcroft was an assistant coach, then he left. And he came back, and there was a few guys still around. But I, I'm always, for whatever reason, that promoting guy from assistant to head coach, it's a tough change because you go from being the buddy-buddy guy to now having to crack the whip.
1: I, I do, I, I, 100%, I hear what you're saying. I think, though, again, with Daryl, underneath Daryl, the whip is being cracked all the time. So I'm not sure that that's really what this team needs. I think they need a more collaborative guy to 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 work with, um, to work with them, and, and to be you know it's okay well this like it doesn't mean that, that, that I don't see Ryan Husker just saying okay what do you want to do Hubert what what do you need he's going to say this is what I see um, from you this sorry this is what I need from you can you do this and if so if not how can I help you get there like it you, it doesn't mean you just bow down to your top players that's that's not the thing you're you're ultimately in charge. But you have to direct the player and put him in position to have success, and you have to guide them there to, to get them there. Um, so it doesn't mean you're a lapdog at all. So I, I, you're right. They're not as good as the Oilers were when Jay came in, but they're much better team than they showed last year. I, I mean, I just can't see it. I can't see it being any any worse than uh, than that. Like that, that's a 93 point team, um, and your 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 top. Get in the off season and half the points he did the year before. What if he even gets twenty more points? Is that is that equate to three and a half more wins on the regular on the season? Maybe. You know, that's twenty more points is a lot. That's a lot of goals that is. You know, even if he scores seven or eight of them, what does that do to make a difference? Right. So, I, I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot next year. Um, the problem is that for Ryan Huska, you're not in control of the free agents, right? You don't you don't know what's going to happen with. You know, Craig Conroy said, "I'm not going to walk in with this season with six, was it six or seven guys going to free agency, and those guys are Backlund, Foley, Lindholm, pretty important guys. No um, you know, Zadorov, Tanev. Uh, that's that's a lot of go- uh, people you gotta you gotta figure out. So who's going to be back? I I don't know. I can't see all all of them being back. because you can't give them all the money they want. Uh, so someone has to walk out that door. So you're not going to be fighting with the same." Players he had last year, but maybe they, you know, that that young Pelche can take a step. Uh, they can find the other couple guys that maybe make their team faster. I thought they were too slow last year, Greg's. I think that was a big challenge for them.
2: Let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, Derek Ryan will join us. Also, uh, Ryan Huska, the uh, head coach of the Flames, coming up in our number three on Edmonton Sports Leader TSN 1260. It's a Gregor Show presented by Play. Alberta.ca. Now, let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by the Edmonton Police Service. They're hiring a fast-paced career that isn't your typical 9 to 5. Learn how you can join the team. Go to new epsrecruits.ca.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.